Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, the founder of Influencer Marketing and Branded Content Agency, Hollywood Branded. This podcast provides brand marketers a learning platform for top experts to share their insights and knowledge on topics which make a direct impact on your business today. While it is impossible to be well-versed on every topic and strategy that can improve bottom line results, my goal is to help you avoid making costly mistakes of time, energy, or money, whether you are doing a DIY approach or hiring an expert to help. Let's begin today's discussion. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacy Jones. I'm so happy to be here with you all today. I want to give a very warm welcome to Naresh Bissa from Krish Media and Marketing, who is joining us to discuss his experience of working in digital marketing. Naresh is the founder and CEO of Krish Media and Marketing, a full-service online and digital media and marketing consultancy and agency. He has worked with CNN Radio, J.P. Morgan Chase, Everbank, the Institute for Energy Research, Houston Rockets, Houston Astros, the American Junior Golf Association, Agora Financial, Agora Publishing, Sansbury Research, and Trade Stops. He's the number one best-selling author of Fifty Shades of Marketing, Whip Your Business into Shape and Dominate Your Competition, Podcastnomics the book of podcasting to make you millions, the new PR 21st century public relations strategies and resources to reach millions and Trump book, how digital liberals silenced a nation into making America hate again. He's been featured on USA Today, Yahoo, Bloomberg, MSNBC, Huffington Post, Business Week, MSN Money, Business Insider, India Today, and other domestic and international media outlets. Today, we're going to talk about the benefits of direct marketing, why marketing is not social media or word of mouth, and what qualified leads really are. We'll learn what's worked from his experience and what maybe could be avoided if you're doing this yourself and not working with an agency to help you along the way, and where other brands are missing the mark. Naresh, welcome. Wow, great introduction. It's a pleasure to be on, and I'm looking forward to talking about marketing, one of my favorite topics. Well, it's one of my favorite topics, too, and I'm so happy to have you here today. Can you tell us a little bit more about you, how long you've been doing what you do, and more about your background and how you got to where you are today? I think I'm a born marketer. I think that's uh, one of the best ways to describe me, even though I didn't study marketing, per se, in college or in graduate school. um, I've always had an interest in marketing, and it's kind of been in me or in, in, my, in my blood. And I think that's really important when it comes to marketing. I don't think it's something that you can learn in school. And that's partly why I, didn't, I don't have a degree in marketing, even though I have two different business degrees, um, don't have, really have a focus in marketing. But my background, I started out in media and in journalism. That's TV, radio, um, print, newspaper, magazine, etc., both on paper, in front of the camera, and also behind the scenes as a producer, director, editor, etc. And that's actually uh, marketing as well. Media is tied into marketing. That's why my company is called Christian Media and Marketing. And because media is kind of ties into the marketing funnel as either public relations, Um, if we, I wrote that book, Trump book, which you brought up earlier in the introduction because, uh, president Trump did a tremendous job of using media to market his campaign. So anyway, working in media and journalism, uh, that got my foot into the door when it came to the online and digital marketplace, because I was a journalist during kind of that convergence when old media turned into new media and, um, the online marketplace or, online publishing was just writing the, the rising 
the BuzzFeeds, the Business Insiders, et cetera, were, were startups, just little bitty companies back then. So I was able to see that convergence between old media and new media and also learn, most importantly, the technical aspects of, of some of basic media and, and marketing fundamentals, like uh, how to use WordPress, social media, what's a hashtag, how to use Twitter, how to use Facebook, et cetera. Um, so as a reporter, you, back then I had to learn all those things. And today as a reporter, you certainly have to learn all those things. But I, I also got interested in finance and worked on Wall Street for a little bit, worked for a value fund as an equities analyst. And when I went to graduate school to combine my background in media and in finance, I was contacted by the largest, probably one of the largest financial marketing companies in the world. They found me on LinkedIn. And we, we can get into that, that topic later about how you can utilize LinkedIn as a marketing tool. But they found me on LinkedIn. This was back... Um, probably eight or nine years ago before, uh, again, before LinkedIn was what it is today. There were a lot fewer users on there. Got contacted on LinkedIn um, and they ended up hiring me while I was in graduate school as a consultant to, uh, to manage a project. And then I ended up taking over that project full time. And it was while I was working full time that I really, really learned the online and digital e-commerce marketplace. That's where I really, really learned the nitty gritty of how to make money online through marketing. So left, uh, got some great experience at that company and within that industry and started Chris Media and Marketing six years ago. It was not, uh, it was not Chris Media and Marketing back then. I didn't know I would still be in business six years later. At the time, I just thought, Let's just give it a shot and see where it takes me. So I'm talking to you today, six years later, Krish Media Marketing is not just a, a, a marketing agency, but we're really more of a technology company than just, and that happens to also offer, offer marketing uh, services as um, really the bulk of its services. But we're a technology agency that does uh, pretty much everything on the front end from soup to nuts, from building a website, design development, to search engine optimization, lead generation, online special events, podcast production, ebook publishing, you name it. We're really your one-stop shop for online and digital needs. And that's where we are six years later with nearly 20 clients. Uh, 2018 was our best year revenue-wise yet. 2017 was the best until 2018 beat it. So hopefully 2019 will beat 2018. So growth has been good. Business has been coming in. Um, and and it's, it's gotten me involved in a lot of other areas as well. Well, I knew that when I was reading your bio and learning a little bit more about you that I was absolutely intrigued on having you on just alone, besides all these other fantastic things about you, on how good you are at naming books. I mean, you have come up with fantastic book titles. <laughs> so that is a topic of marketing that we, that we offer uh, as a service, Krish uh, Media and Marketing. That's called copywriting. And marketer, marketers know what copywriting is, but non-marketers have no clue what copy is or what copywriting is. They get confused with copywriting that you and I are talking about with like the copyright at the bottom of a legal document. Um, copywriting is essentially 
uh, advertising text. It's the words that you see that get you to buy something. So in the case of the titles of my books, that's just, I guess, your words, not mine, but I guess that's just good copywriting. Um, and copywriting is essentially one of the most important fundamental elements of marketing. It's, it's, the, it's the ability to strike people's emotions and to really catch people's attention. Because you have to, in marketing, you have to stand out from the competition. If you're a billboard on a freeway, there's so many billboards out on the freeway, how is the driver going to remember your billboard? Well, they're going to remember it based on what they see, whether it's a picture or whether it's some words. Um, that's what sells. And, and uh, Fifty Shades of Marketing, one of my books, has a couple of chapters devoted to copywriting and words, emotional words that really strike people's attention. And, and my book, Trump Book, goes into copywriting as well because President Trump does, whether he knows it or not, or he's doing it intentionally or not, does a really good job of um, using the right words to get under, either to get under people's skin or to uh, get people to like him more and to rally people behind him. And that's a type of language that you want to use in, in marketing. Um, if you're just going to write something vanilla, well, how are you any different from the next person in line? Sure. Well, you definitely do not write vanilla. So congratulations. On that. <laughs> so a minute ago, you were talking about old media versus new media. And when we think of new media, a lot of times that's more so digital, which is why you're on this podcast today. Do you think new media or digital marketing is more important than the old standards? Well, this is really a, a no brainer. Um, Absolutely. And all businesses, all industries need to go digital. There was 21st century, or there was 20th century, uh, there's essentially 20th century businesses, not even 20th century marketing, but 20th century businesses, and even brick and mortar businesses that think that they're 20th century businesses, let's say like restaurants, dry cleaners, laundromats, etc. Um, they need to have this 21st century mentality in running those physical businesses. It's not just tech businesses per se that need to adapt to the 21st century. Let me give you an example of that. Um, there's, and, and this is one of many examples that I've seen. So a, a restaurant locally where I live in Tampa Bay, um, they, I mean, they're a restaurant. They serve food, they have waiters, they have chefs. Uh, so you would say, okay, that's kind of a 20th century business. Well, the restaurant was started by some IT professionals who wanted to leave their IT jobs because they loved cooking and they just loved the, the restaurant business and they loved the, the food industry. So they started this restaurant where they had a background in IT. And before the restaurant even opened, they had at least, I want to say, 30 Yelp reviews. I don't know how they got them. I don't know what what the... Who, if those are real or fake or whatever. But the bottom line is I knew it because I know the owner and um, I was able to look up the restaurant before they even opened. And they had something like at least 30 Yelp reviews, uh, all four or five stars. They had not even opened. Well, two months later, when the restaurant was open and in business, um, I remember 
we, a, a group of friends were trying to decide where to go to dinner. And I recommended this place and a couple of people took out their cell phones and said, I've never heard of it, but let me look it up. So they looked it up and what do they see? They see that it had 4.7, 4.8, 4.9 stars out of five stars on Yelp. And they said, oh, wow, this place, this place has a hundred reviews, at least a hundred reviews and 4.8 stars. This is, this looks amazing. So we ended up eating there. Well, that is an example of how a 20th century business model adapted to 21st century business and marketing in order to grow their business. And um, there are so many examples like that where you might think, oh, well, I'm just a laundromat or I'm just a convenience store. Nothing's changed in the last 40 years, 50 years. It's all run the same. And I'm here to tell you, no, that's why I wrote 50 Shades of Marketing. Um, every business needs to adapt to the 20th century. You need, to, you need to go digital. You need to promote yourself online. That's where, just look at how much, look at how much people are, are looking at their phones nowadays. They're looking at their phones for everything, whether it's navigation, getting somewhere, or buying airline tickets. I mean, I would say most of our lives now for better or for worse, are, outs are outsourced to the online and digital marketplace. So that means if you are brick and mortar, if you are any business, you need to make sure that you, are, that you leave an online and digital footprint um, because it will only help your business. It will not hurt it. Um, there are some things that can do to hurt it, such as bad reviews, bad reputation, and we offer that service in Christian Media Marketing, online reputation management. But overall, it can only help you and help you grow your business. And if you don't do this, you will get left behind. So for two questions, actually, for one, was the restaurant worth the 4.7, 4.8? Yes, I think it's one of the best restaurants um, here in the area. So absolutely. Okay, so they were not actually lying. They were getting real reviews and they were able to support it. So that's important too. So if someone's listening out there going, oh, before I open a business, I'm gonna get all of my 100 friends to give me raving reviews. You actually have to be able to stand up and support that once you do open. Well, I will say um, it's, it's a little weird and I've seen this a lot. I think Yelp's been cutting down on it. Um, I'm, I'm sure they have, I've, that's what I've read. But um, I'm pretty sure this establishment and there are many establishments that have done the same thing where they have all these reviews before opening and um, in this situation that I told you, this example, it turns out that the food was, is really awesome. I go there all the time. I love it. I recommend it to people. But essentially what they did, even if they were fake reviews, um, they created that kind of that hype and they, they left that, that digital footprint. Um, and if for whatever reason, uh, if it was bad food, well, the free market would have definitely taken care of, of, of those reviews and that people would have then posted one-star reviews and two-star reviews saying that the food was really bad. But it essentially gave them that, that leg up, that jump start to, to put their business up on Yelp and get featured on Yelp. And for people, when they search them, to be like, oh, wow, 4.7 stars. I want to go eat at this place. Um, so I'm not telling people to, to, to do dishonest things like that. I'm just saying that this company, led by two former IT guys, they understood the online and digital footprint despite being a restaurant. And that's why they've essentially come into the market and they put other, it's, they put their competitors out of business. They just came in, 
and they're doing it right, whether it's online, digitally. Um, and there are several other establishments that I know of. They're essentially marketers uh, who started pharmacies or restaurants or bars or clubs or whatever you name it uh, on the physical side. And they've done extremely well simply because they get online and digital. And if you get online and digital, you will definitely steal market share in, in industries like and really in most industries that are still stuck in the 20th century way of doing things. Well, so with a brand, a company, an agency, whatever it might be, who might be more mired back in the days of traditional advertising, moving into digital, it doesn't mean that you're just taking what you're currently doing that works at, in print and moving it into you know, an online platform. What are the things a brand needs to, a company needs to keep in mind as they're making a foray? What are the first steps that they need to be doing and, and considering before they're embracing all things digital? Well, the first thing a company needs to understand is who is their client? Are they a B2B business or are they a B2C business? And most businesses who are probably listening to this podcast are, are B2C businesses. So they have a customer who is their client or their, uh, the, the, the customer is the, is the person who makes the business money. And so with that being said, um, I think more businesses need to understand before going digital, what can I do to improve the customer experience or to engage with the customers digitally? I'm not saying physically where I have to take customers out to lunch just to get them to keep coming back to my restaurant. Well, what we've identified, or really what I, what I identified many years ago, is um, email marketing is the most effective tool in online and digital. And so what I mean by email marketing is so many of these brick and mortar businesses or businesses in general, even websites, they claim that they have all these customers and they claim that they have all these visits and clicks and uniques to their sites. But then when you ask them, well, do you know who those people are? Can you show me some proof outside of Google Analytics that those are actually people of value and they're not just coming in to go to the bathroom or um, just one-time customers? Um, and so the best way you can quantify that is by capturing names and email addresses, really email addresses even more than names. And so once you capture email addresses, and this is a way you can digitize your business. Now you have a communication tool to reach out to those individuals. Um, and you can reach out to them about coupons that you have, special newsletters, whatever it is. And I'm on, I can tell you, I'm, I'm a loyal customer to various establishments simply because I'm on their email list. I'm on PF Chang's email list. I'm on other pizza places and restaurants shops, stores, their email lists. And that's how they keep in touch with me, whether it's the email list or the app, I download their app and they send me notifications to my app. But, they're, but what they've done is they've captured my information so that they can keep that open line of communication. And when they send me something like buy one, get one free pizza or buy one, get one free, buy one entree, get one free, um, I act on that. Uh, I get it delivered to my inbox and I say, oh, this is, this is pretty cool. I'm hungry today. Let's go eat at X. 
Um, these are just examples that I'm sharing about uh, the importance of capturing your traffic and capturing your, your customer base and then engaging with them so that you can build a long lasting relationship to sustain your business over the long haul. And what are some of the ways you suggest in capturing the email addresses? Because, you know, obviously not every business, when you go into it, like a restaurant, you're not just saying, here's my email, sign me up for dinner. So how do you suggest businesses go about that? Well, it depends on the line of business. Um, You can, uh, every establishment is different. So with my own businesses, we capture email addresses, since we're online businesses, e-commerce businesses, we capture email addresses through the simple um, enter your email address to subscribe to our monthly newsletter or to subscribe to our daily e-letter or special report, uh, seven ways to make more money in 2019. Enter your email address below to download your special report. Um, that's how we, do, those are examples of how we do it for ourselves and our clients. When it comes to these physical businesses, Ways that they can do it is um, if you get get 50% off your next bill if you enter your email address. Uh, and what you can do is actually have a paper form, like on the receipt, you could, you could say something like that or, or attach some kind of um, flyer to the receipt that says enter your email address to get 50% off your next meal or um, a free pizza on your birthday or something like that. Um, I think that's the best way to, essentially what you wanna do is give away something of value that doesn't cost your company anything out of pocket. So by out of pocket, I mean, you don't actually have to go buy something. Um, If you're a lawyer, well, if you offer offer one hour of your your time, which is a $300 to $1,000 value, well, that's something you can certainly offer and you're not paying anything out of pocket or from your bank account. It's just, uh, you know, an hour of your time. If you're a restaurant and you, you say 50% off your next, your next bill, well, again, you're not paying anything out of pocket um, because that's, that's essentially money that's coming in that would not have been there had that, um, had that coupon or, or that offer not been available. So as a business, you need to kind of figure out what it is that you want to give away. And um, on the digital side, it's pretty easy because when you're giving away ebooks, audiobooks, free reports, promo codes, those are all digital. So there, there's really no, no overhead. So as, as a business, you need to kind of figure out um, what to give away. Perfect. And beyond email marketing, what is another digital tactic that you strongly suggest? Well, <laughs> so I, I, want, I want to first start basic and then I'll, I'll get a little more complex, <laughs> but you'll be surprised at, we were talking about 20th century businesses, old school businesses, and you'll be surprised at how many of them don't even have a website. Like, oh, I would, so I'm going to just interrupt you and say, no, 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 I'm not surprised because people come to us for influencer campaigns and they don't have a website and they don't have social pages at all on any platform. And I'm like, no, you have step one and step two to do first before you actually can do influencer marketing. You need actually a digital footprint. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they don't, I mean, they don't even have like a, a listing online to where you can 
type in their name or their company mm -hmm. name and find a phone number to call. And first off, no one's even going to be able to find them online. Uh, you have to know what their name is or their company name is and type it into Google. The entire point of really of online marketing is discovery for people to find you somehow. So in my case, a lot of our clients have found either me or my company, um, obviously through referral and that's old school. And a lot of, a lot of these people who don't have websites say, Oh, I get it through referral of my, my clients. They talk to each other and they, that's how I get my business. But the bulk of, of the business that's come our way has been uh, very strong search engine optimization, meaning um, people have typed in, I, I brought up earlier how I got my first uh, really full-time job out of graduate school because a company just typed in some words, some keywords into LinkedIn. And then my profile popped up. I was like one of three people who popped up. Um, and the same applies to Google. If somebody's going to type in wedding photographer in, in Fairfax, Virginia, well, hopefully, if you're a wedding photographer in Fairfax, Virginia, uh, your website or your name is going to pop up. Because if it's not, then you're missing out on a lot of business. And I can tell you, I just got married a month ago. And the bulk of our vendors were people who I just went online typed in some keywords. I was able to look at reviews on websites like The Knot and Wedding Wire um, and Gig Masters. I looked at reviews and then I picked people according to that. Um, sure. no, no referrals, no, no. I just got in front of my computer and a few hours later, I was done. Negotiations were done. Emails were done back and forth, done. And that's a way more and more people are, are doing things. So on the website side, you definitely um, need a website for search engine optimization. But in my case, the most beneficial part of my website is it gives people a place to go to so they can find out more information and they don't have to call me or email me and ask me, what do you do again? Do you do this? Do you do that? Um, I can just coming on this podcast, www.krishmediamarketing.com, K-R-I-S-H, mediamarketing.com. And boom, your listeners can just go to the website and see everything that my company does. We don't need to get into the nitty gritty of everything that, that every single offering and service that we have on the podcast. It's just, they can visit on the site themselves. And even in person, when I meet people, or if I'm introduced uh, to a referral via email, krishmediamarketing.com, check out the link. That's everything that we do. If you have any questions, shoot us a note. So it gives people a place to just find out more information and to follow up. I've, I've seen that as the biggest benefit, but having a website adds credibility to, um, to you and your business. I know people who have not hired vendors because they didn't have a website and they just thought, you know, this person doesn't have it together or the business doesn't have it together. They're not up to date on the 21st century. Um, and I've seen that happen before. So just it, it's super cheap to, to make a website. It's worth the investment. It costs, let's say, about $500 to get up and running. And then after that, let's say $100 a year to, uh, to keep it running. And just having a website and having a, a contact section on the website so people know where you are, how to contact you, your phone number, your email, that's really the most important stuff right there, having the website and the contact stuff. Um, those are the two most important items on the website. 
And so I just want to trust that because it sounds so simple, but I know so many lawyers, accountants, and um, physical brick and mortar businesses who still don't have a website. They don't understand that it's, it's almost like, it's almost like being on a dating site, like a, a dating site or a dating app and not having any pictures. Sure. And the, and the dating, the, the, the data shows that whether you're a guy or a girl, you have no pictures, but you have a profile, your drop off and match rate is significant. I mean, it's crazy how significant it is. And it makes sense because well, it just looks gonna, like spam. Yeah. They're going to think that you're unattractive and not professional and all sorts of different things along those lines as a business if you don't have that presence. Yeah. Yep. And as, as a business, it's, it's, it's the same way. It's unprofessional and it's just, you don't have, they're, they're basically your competitors. Well, they do have websites. They do have email addresses and websites and they're on Yelp. And so the, the, the customers, because they have that open flow of communication, even though they may not know it, just by having a website, you're communicating with the world. Just having that open flow of communication goes a really, really long way and exposes you to the world. It can only help your business, like I said earlier, not hurt it. Right, because really what it's doing is it's taking away the risk for the person who's looking and exploring, working with you, or going to your location, because now they have a little bit of insight and they feel more comfortable and like they know you. Exactly, yep, you're absolutely right. So um, I think we talked about that. That's, it sounds so basic, but it's so incredibly important so important. Well, and then it also goes with modernization. So if you're a business and you have an old website and you haven't kept it up to date and brought in a look and a feel of 2019 and you're still looking like you might be 2000, that's a problem too, because you're going to turn off a younger generation. Well, let me, let me talk about that a little bit because it, it brings up a good topic. And I want to say that um, know your brand. So if your brand is like Apple, uh, high quality, great design, great user experience, you don't, you obviously don't want a website looking like it was built in the 1990s on Microsoft Word. Um, whereas if you're, um, and I think this is actually pretty, pretty, uh, pretty clever, but if you look at Spirit Airlines, for example, probably the cheapest, like lowest class scummiest airline out there um but you look at their website and it's a very cheap scummy looking site and i i find it kind of funny because i know that they did that on purpose because it's hard to build a site like that uh they're a relatively new airline they've only been around for 10 years and um it, it's it's actually kind of hard to you're not going to find templates to build a, a site like that um, even even in the case of Berkshire Hathaway, which is the most expensive stock in the world, you go to their website and you, you look at it and it's like, this looks like it was built by an eight-year-old. And it's simply because even though they're the most expensive stock in the world, their brand is such that that's how they're looking for safe and cheap investments. Um, and they're not, their clientele is completely different and they can easily shelve out $500 to rebuild their site if they wanted to, but they just, they have no interest in doing that. They're okay with it. And so I was actually looking at furniture the other day, like some furniture sites. And I, I wanted 
um, kind of like these discounted wholesale furniture warehouses. I was trying to find those places. And um, the websites are, are incredibly important for these wholesale. Again, how is anyone going to find them? They ha you have to be able to find them either through Craigslist or um, through Google. And I found them, that's how I found them, through Craigslist and through Google. And I actually found one site, because I'm, I'm trying to find discounted, like, good, cheap furniture. And when I went, went through some of the websites, there was web, one website I came across and it said everything 70 to 80% off, liquidation sale, all this good stuff. But the website looked way too nice for, um, for this type of a, a brand, you know, the brand of like liquidated, li liquidation 70 to 80% off sales. I mean, to me, I felt like I was looking at like an Ashley furniture or, you know, a much more upscale furniture site. And so like the brand didn't really match up with, with the design. The design was just too nice, too upscale, too modern looking. Whereas the other ones, which were, um, you know, kind of amateur, that's actually what I was looking for because I want 70 to 80% off the furniture. And, and so I just felt more comfortable looking at those and saying, well, if I go visit this furniture store, I think I'm going to get a better deal here simply because their website just makes me feel that way. Whereas the other one, it's just a little too upscale a site. And um, if I'm just looking for the cheapest items, well, it, I, you know, I, I basically got, it, got rid of it from, from my prospective uh, furniture shops. So the point that I'm making here is know your brand. If your brand is selling cheap furniture, well, make sure that your design, whether it's your logo or your site, matches up with that brand. If your brand is Apple style, high class, beautiful decor, beautiful ambience, um, then match it up to that. And so after the website, right? And, and possibly before we get to email marketing, what's the next digital tactic that someone really needs to consider and implement? Um, well, you brought up some of it and uh, social media, having a presence on social media is important. I'm not saying go out and buy a bunch of Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn inventory and start running pay-per-click ads. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying is having a presence on all these places, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, even um, some of these review sites like Yelp, TripAdvisor, if your business is relevant to them. If you're a physician, a doctor, places like ZocDoc and WebMD and, um, and uh, uh, Rate My Doc, I think that's still around. But anyway, um, you, you get what I'm saying. If you're a lawyer, places like AVVO, I think it's called AVO, um, you want to have presences on all these different social sites, these discussion boards, review sites, social media sites, social networking. You just want to be there. It, it takes only a few minutes to set up profiles, upload all your artwork and descriptions, and to essentially copy and paste it across the board. But just getting up there, it, you have no idea how many people are going to find you. And if, if you end up being a, a popular person or a popular place, um, your people, your customers will do the marketing for you by writing good things about you, sharing it on their social media, et cetera. But on top of that, it helps you with search engine optimization. So on all these places, you need to fill out, going back to the example, like uh, 
Fairfax wedding decorator, um, if you were to, with search engine optimization, now all of a sudden, because you put your your address on Facebook and Yelp and TripAdvisor and all these places, it's going to help when people type in Fairfax wedding decorator and your Facebook page comes up, your website comes up, your Yelp, your TripAdvisor, whatever those come up. Um, it's only going to going to help you. So getting on all those platforms, I think, um, is like a, a very low cost. It costs you next to nothing, if not nothing, just to get on there. And I, that would be the second thing that I do after building the website. Okay, so you've built the website, you've built social platforms, and they will come, right? That's the idea. So what happens if the negative comes? You mentioned earlier that you do online reputation management. And so what happens if somehow someone has a vendetta against you and they're using now all your digital platforms to be negative or maybe you just had a bad customer experience and you're getting some bad res you know responses in that regards what does someone need to do well first off before i answer that question i think one one ca caveat or one misnomer is oh build the website get on the social media and they will come there's a lot more that goes into it. Obviously you need to have a good product. You need to do a little more marketing, which my book 50 shades of marketing goes over so that you can drive traffic and, and get more traffic. But these are just the fundamental things that you need to do in order to begin the process of getting people to come. Now, if you have what I call trolls out there who are bad mouthing you writing bad reviews and you'll be surprised a lot of these trolls are not your customers they're competitors they're people who are in your industry and they're just bad mouthing. i mean i've seen it happen with me we we handle it for our clients um so a couple of things number one is i i think and th this goes this ties a little bit into public relations as well or, or the new pr which is online pr um, a lot of it, you can just ignore. If someone writes a bad review, well, big deal. If, if you're going out giving something away of value and getting, you know, 99 out of 100 of your reviews are good reviews and you get one bad review, well, that's a good thing. In fact, those bad reviews, uh, you need them. Uh, so I'm happy when I get one-star reviews for, for my books or, or whatnot because they're real and um, it, it shows a, a nice contrast to having a lot of four-star reviews or five-star reviews. Now, in some cases, trolls can get really, really, really bad. And this is, a, I don't think it's relevant to your, to your audience or to our listeners, but I'll say there's, there's a rare case where um, someone might have a troll, whether it's an ex, uh, an ex anything, ex-partner, domestic partner, business partner, uh, a customer, an angry customer, and they can actually make uh, your life personally and professionally a living hell. And, and we're dealing with that with some of our clients right now. And some of it is, I mean, goes beyond online and digital. It, it, it can become a legal issue if they're violating privacy laws, if they are um, libeling or slandering you. Um, it goes beyond what, what online and digital can do. So um, all I can say that is in our case, we have uh, an array of clientele who, yeah, they have bad things written about them. Um, and it happens in business, whether it's they might have uh, done something wrong 
a long time ago, 30, 40 years ago, and they're changed people, or um, some troll is writing stuff about them on a blog site, or the media caught wind of um, somebody at their company who did something bad, and because of that, this, this executive um, was named in some kind of affidavit. And so we offer what are called online reputation management services, which essentially try to bury the bad stuff while pushing up the good stuff. Uh, that, that's the best way to put it. Um, but online reputation management is becoming a major issue, a, a major issue. And um, I think as we move forward, as more people get online and digital and more businesses go digital, this is gonna continue to be one of the pitfalls. And look, I, I wish I could tell you that going digital and being online is, is utopia and the greatest, but um, when you have a bunch of pros, you're also going to have a few cons as well. And this is one of those cons. No, and unfortunately, I know this all too well because we hired a lead gen freelancer. And after four days, when she actually did not do any lead gen, we did not continue her service. And she became a troll and spammed everything that she could think of, including setting up review sites that we never belonged to to do it. So I think it may surprise you that it may actually impact more of our audience than you may even realize because it's definitely happening to people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're, you're, you're right. Um, and it's, it's tough when it's, when it's happening to you. There are a lot of crazy people out there. Um, but you have to fight back. Um, and like I said, sometimes it goes beyond the online and digital realm and you might have yeah. to get lawyers involved. So. Sure. Um, that's how we we handle these situations. And like I said, we have so many clients who, who have these issues and we try our best to to solve the, the problems without having to get the lawyers involved. Yeah, but and I think that if companies do what you first said, you know, and really go out, solicit and actually start building a positive reputation, it yep. helps counter when trolls happen so that you don't just have a blank slate that trolls are attacking you on. So you just look really bad no matter what you do. Yep, absolutely. And that you, you really hit the nail. And that is start working on this now so that when something bad does happen, you already have a bunch of good stuff written about you and a bunch of good stuff about you online. So don't wait for something bad because that's the bulk of our clients. That's what's happened. They haven't done anything online and digital and then something bad about them comes out and then they come to us. It's kind of like um, our health uh, and, 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 most people, they don't do anything about their health. They don't exercise. They don't eat right. And then something bad happens. And then they say, oh, I need to take, get on this mat or start exercising or change my diet. Might as well start before um, and, and try to prevent it in the, in the first place. 100% agree on that. Any other digital topics that you wanted to cover today on our call? Well, the last topic that I want to quickly go over is direct marketing. And direct marketing is just business that directly or, or, or a business that directly connects with a consumer. So how it connects is up to the business. We've talked about some of these channels. So historically in the 20th century, it was channels like snail mail, coupons, telemarketing. Um, in today's ecosystem, it's more email content marketing, like running a blog or a podcast, search engine optimization, social media, pay-per-click. Um, those are some of the more modern tools for direct marketing. But the biggest takeaway that I want people to have with direct marketing is 
um, you want to directly connect with your consumer. So we talked earlier about build a website, create social media, and they will come, which I said, not entirely true, but it's the back. It's really the base and the foundation that you want before starting to run your campaigns. But when I brought up earlier, like email marketing, there I said you actually captured names and you can directly connect to those end users with the click of one email, boom, you can, um, you can send them a message to you know, millions of people in the case of President Trump, for example, because that's how big his, his base is. He's you know, worked hard to collect all those names and um, if he wants to get a message out, he can just send out a tweet and it becomes a front page of the New York Times or headline news for CNN or Fox or whatever. Um, if he sends out an email, let's say soliciting um, uh, funds, like fundraising, raising money, well, within hours, he can see tens of thousands of dollars being poured in. Um, and that's what I mean by direct marketing. I think these politicians nowadays, uh, President Obama was the first one to utilize direct marketing. Um, but nowadays, you, you look at the, the politicians and they're just prime examples of direct marketing. Um, and that's going directly to the consumer and telling them to do something, telling them to vote, telling them to, to donate. Um, and you can apply those principles to your own business. And so you need to just think about that full cycle of how am I going to find those people? How am I going to connect with those people? How am I going to capture their email addresses or their phone numbers or their, their, um, yeah, their, their cell numbers to text them? What am I going to send them um, that's going to be of value? How am I going to keep them engaged? Uh, this is all part of the direct marketing funnel that I think every business owner should think about. Which really isn't a new marketing tactic because direct response has been around for eons of decades and it's just more modernized now with using all of the digital channels. Exactly. So the game is still the same. The players have changed slightly, but the, the principles and, and the game are still the same. Absolutely. So talking about direct response, what would you like to call out today and have our listeners do? Well, first off, visit my website, my personal website, nareshvisa.com, N-A-R-E-S-H-V-I-S-S-A, first name and last name, nareshvisa.com. Get, get on my mailing list. It's free. And then uh, once you get on, just send me a note through, the, through my contact portal. Say, hey, I heard you on the, the podcast and your pick. All my books are on there on the website or you can go to Amazon and just type in my name and tell me which book you want and I'll send you a free copy of my book. I'll, I'll, 50 Shades of Marketing, I think, will be most beneficial to this audience and, and to your listeners. Uh, but all my books, I'll make them available just let me know what you want, and I'll be glad to send it over to you. That's a fantastic gift. Thank you for doing that for everyone. Yep, absolutely. My pleasure. Well, I was so happy to have you on today. I've learned a lot, and I have a feeling I'm going to be chatting with you some more about online reputation management. Uh, but thank you for coming on and chatting with all of our listeners today. It's been a pleasure. I really enjoyed the discussion. 